0: This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.
1: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I'm ready to party! Good!
0: You
1: can't fight in here. This is the war room. Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? Yeah, well,
2: you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
1: I <laughs> do
2: <laughs> what y'all singing. Theme? Is it our theme? No. What theme?
1: Theme y'all film.
2: Oh, yeah. Switch on. Well, I am switched on. Maybe I just really bad. (laughs) That
1: could be it. That
2: didn't sound anything like the theme. (laughs) and It sounds really bad when I go, what, my hour theme? Because I don't listen to hour themes. I don't know what that sounds like either.
1: Well, that's it. You've been on this podcast, what, 42 times? You've probably never listened to an episode.
2: I don't like listening to my own voice.
1: Many people don't. I think I'm used to it now.
2: I don't. Though, um, one of the girls at work who tells all her friends about us tells people to listen because she says that she likes my voice.
1: There we are. I like your voice too.
2: Thank you. But she's also Cumbrian, so she's used to Ah, the accent, so so she don't count.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But for those who are tuning in for the first time, welcome to His Film, Her Movie. I'm Lauren. I'm Jordan. And we are the movie podcast that takes a theme or situation. We both pick a a film that links to that theme. Sometimes
2: tenuous, things.
1: Sometimes tenuous. Sometimes it's it's wafer thin. Wafer
2: thin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this week, um, we're going back. We're going back into sort of themes of the area. Uh, so we've done eat out to help out. We yeah. did kids Gone back to schools. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a new thing coming this year. Is it that we're doing because it's what is it? This one. Yeah.
2: This one we're doing friends, like friendships.
1: Yeah, like, but it's a special week, isn't it? It's like a hashtag oh, week.
2: This week is um, hashtag thinking of you yes. week. So it's um a sort of week just a sort of Think of those closest to you, so like friends and family and loved ones, which is quite a good one to sort of think of since we can't really see a lot of our friends and our loved ones and that's at the it. moment. So
1: we thought we'd do one which had friendship at the forefront yes. of the film. So I chose a 1999's The Iron Giant. Yes, you did. Directed by Brad Bird. How mm-hmm. did you choose?
2: I picked the 1991 film directed by Howard Zeif, My Girl.
1: Yes. Two very emotional films.
2: I didn't cry at yours. I thought I was going to, but I didn't. Spoilers
1: for your thoughts.
2: Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no spoilers. Just, just, I thought I was going to cry and I... I didn't cry, but I think I've seen that one a little bit more recently yeah. than the other, so
1: absolutely. But I'm trying to think if we've got anything else to add. I don't really, so we might as well just get right into the episode. Yeah, I've got no no housekeeping. No. So what do you want which one do you want to do first?
2: Um we'll do my girl first.
1: Okay. Cool.
2: Wow, this
0: is the coolest thing. I can really eat and sleep here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna drive us to Liverpool. Liverpool? Big Ringo fan. Oh, right. Would you like a soda? I
2: would. Thomas? Yes, please.
0: What are you reading? Oh, you shouldn't be looking at that. It's a little too old for you.
2: Did you read all these books? Uh Uh-huh. What are they about? Mostly love and romance. Ew,
0: gross. Oh,
2: they're just fun to read. Here, cheers. Are you married? No, I'm divorced. Daddy
0: says it's bad when people get divorced.
2: Sometimes married people just find out they can't
0: live with each other. Myers are divorced. Mm. Shall I get out, Cookie? Mm. Hey, where are
2: all the cookies? So, My Girl is the 1991 film um, directed by Howard Seif, as we said. Um, It stars Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Macaulay Culkin and Anna Chomsky. Um, Now, I just want to read the IMDb description of it, which is a young girl on the threshold of her teen years finds her life turning upside down. When she's accompanied by an unlikely friend. Now, I'm not how really say spoilers? It's like what, nearly twenty years old.
1: So it's twenty nine years old. Twenty nine very...
2: years old. The nineties were ten years ago but, in but my so head. I
1: wonder who the who the um who's the unexpected friend. But
2: but I don't really feel like that's a very good description. No. Of it at all. That makes it seem like quite woo, quite carefree, nice. This is not a carefree and nice film. No. Um, so, it stars um, Anna Chomsky as Vader, yeah. who is a young girl who lives in a funeral parlour. And her dad, Dan Aykroyd, is the owner of the funeral parlour. The take director. Her? Want to take her?
1: That Undertaker? Undertaker, like? director. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, she's really obsessed by death. Her mum died when she was young. Um, her best friend is Macaulay Culkin. Thomas J, who that is what I really wanted to focus on, yeah. um, but also Jamie Lee Curtis comes into it and she ends up um, being Dan Aykroyd's love interest, yes. which is I think is quite a nice little uh, love interest. It's not the forefront, but it raises a lot of questions for it.
1: Okay.
2: The reason why I picked this film is the friendship between Thomas J and Vader. Yes. Because you see sort of straight away she, well, Vader is, she's the only girl in the group of boys. She is never around any other girls. And when there are other girls, they make fun of her for being friends with Thomas J. Yeah. She's quite bossy. She's quite opinionated. She has decided that she has prostate cancer because she's a little bit obsessed by death. But the reason why I really liked it and for the friendship factor is that you get this really lovely dialogue between Jamie Lee Curtis and Macaulay Culkin where they're just sitting on the porch out the front and she says, she asks him about their friendship and he's like, she's my best friend. The, They're both really good young actors. Like we all know Macaulay yeah. Culkin's amazing. But... It very much plays on the whole. Everybody is very different, everybody goes through things differently, and there's always like a yin to your yang. Like, Vader is very much very stressy, she sort of gets very upset about different things. Um, Thomas J isn't like that, he's he seems to be quite a calming influence, or he attempts to be a calming yeah. influence, um, which is really. Good in this film because like the quite bad imdb description talks about she is on the threshold of being a teenager so she has all these emotions and she has all these reactions to things and she's starting to get to know herself more and see the world in a slightly different place and thomas J is just he he's in the same place and he's trying to work things out but he doesn't look at the extreme of what vader does So I always get the impression that if he wasn't there, she would just be unravelling the entire time. And I just think it's a very nice sort of way of showing a friendship between two quite different people. That they can still get along and they support each other through their little trials and tribulations. And just basically trying to work out what life is going to become because it is a summer of big changes for them mm-hmm. um <clears throat> excuse me and then sadly it is kind of hinted towards at the start when um jimmy lee curtis offers macaulay and chocolate and he's like i can't have it i'm allergic and vader's like he's allergic to everything it's i just like, i love
1: that because you might as well just have a massive text foreshadowing
2: foreshadowing the child will die yeah. So he does die. He gets stung by bees, which we both say they're not bees. They're blatantly wasps.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know. It's different. It's like, it looks like a wasp's nest and not a beehive, but hey.
2: Maybe. Is there like maybe American bees? They're, like they're, a different they're probably arguing for the nose, yeah. Well, it looks like he get, gets killed by a load of wasps, bless him. And then the outpouring of grief yeah. from her, because she's lived around death all of her life. She sort of invites death into her everyday life by saying, you know, she has this and yeah. she has this. But then for her, for it to be so visceral and so impact her so much mm. to see that she's still like this little child. She doesn't really know how to deal with her emotions. And this is why I don't like that, that description because it says about... Unlikely friend in the summer of changes. And it's like... The summer of changes to me would be her growing up and falling out and being a teenager and that sort of thing. And this, in a way, is her leaving everything of her childhood behind. Even in the most extreme sense. Thomas J dying is like her last childhood friend. Yeah, He goes... And she has to start growing up. And then she starts hanging out with a, like a different girl. But she starts making more friends and learning more. And being more accepting and relaxing. And not being so focused on death. But it's that really sweet, innocent friendship that they had. That made childhood sort of last longer. And when he dies, it's like the death of her childhood. And... That's why I like this film, because it made me cry. I saw it when I was, like, nine. And I will never forgive the girl who made me watch it, because every time we slept over, she made me watch it. And every time we watched it, I bawled my eyes out. And I'm really sorry, Jordan, but I cried quite that a bit at this fun. one, trying to hide my tears whilst I was on the couch. Um, But I've gone on quite a bit. What do you think? Because you hadn't seen this film for quite a long I, time. I
1: had not seen this film since, I mean, I'd say...
2: Cause you were like, oh, very, but he very, dies very really
1: early on. So I thought he died really early on. I had that that image <clears> <throat> of him dying early on, and so it must be the mid nineties since I saw it's probably when I was maybe ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's been over twenty years, and it's one of those things where you have flashes of certain things that happen within the film, but you never you can't really remember the the, the tissue that holds it all together. Yeah, and when it started, and it starts off with. Vader breaking the fourth wall, mm-hmm. talking to us, and then going off and like and going into the scene with Dan Aykroyd saying, "Oh, my left breast is is in, that's breast cancer?" And I was like, "Well, that's really like that that's sharp writing. That's really mm-hmm. sort of on the nose sharp writing." Mm-hmm. But that's all we get of it. Like, I would have loved that to happen more. Like her to give us the, those sort of pieces of the camera of her of her feelings and what she's going through and what's, what we're doing.
2: We do sort of get a bit of a narration. Yeah, a voiceover. Yeah, we get like a voiceover. We don't actually get her breaking the fourth wall and looking at us and but, speaking.
1: Yeah, and I just thought that was a really nice little way to f- open the film. And I was like, I actually didn't know that happened, but the writing sort of didn't match that first scene. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, it's it's a nice little movie. It's There's some things which I don't like, some things I like. Like everything you've talked about there about becoming... Like to become a, a, a young woman or, um, and the changes that you go through, you can definitely see how well those lines are treaded. Mm-hmm. However, the Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis stuff just does nothing for me.
2: No, it, it's, it's very much a background thing, but then I, also, I always kind of wonder, is it like that? Because like, they seem to get engaged very fast. But,
1: but, yeah. but is it
2: like that because we're seeing everything through the eyes of Vader?
1: See, I, I would say maybe that... If but it's we, not
2: made apparent.
1: Yeah, but I would say that if, if Vader was in the scenes, however, we're getting scenes without her in it, so yeah. the are continuing that story. So, But again, it's not even like... it's. Firstly, they have zero chemistry at all. It's so bland, like mm-hmm. the the... the Back and forth between <clears> them, <throat> and it just she comes to work in the funeral parlour, has a scene, and then she starts hitting on him. And I'm like, I don't. When was when did that become more than? And, it, and then in, the back, in my back yeah. head was like, oh, is she using him for something? Mm-hmm. Because again, it's you're looking at Shemily Curses and you're looking at Darkroid and it's like she's the one pursuing him, and it's like. Okay that sort of put me off guard and I didn't really get that. Yeah. Um however what I find interesting about this is that it's it's generally you don't get these type of family films anymore. Oh no. Like you've got a live action I mean, I'd say I'd say it's more of a family film than a kids film because there is stuff there, and it's dealing with serious things, and it's not overly slapstick. It's not overly like comedic. It's just a a, a sort of a nice, calm Mm -hmm. drama, yeah, with, with slices of comedy. Where and you and then you start thinking of like, okay, well, if a kids film nowadays is live action. It's mm-hmm. got to be so over the top <clears throat> and cartoony and either have a bit of action in there or like slapstick. Spy kids. Like spy kids or things like that. Or they're animated mm-hmm. and the Pixar and the colourful. And yes, they do deal with adult themes but yeah. in very digestible ways. Or in, in ways where you actually don't really realise what the film's about at a certain like when you watch for example, again, it's a film about death,
2: mm-hmm, Coco. yes,
1: and how they deal with death, but not only deal with death but deal about sort of remembrance and like yeah it's these are heavy things, but it's told in such a light way
2: it's because it's a cartoon, you don't think it's a real person, and that's it, whereas this came from like the era of like Beethoven and homeward bound and
1: Absolutely. All, all that
2: sort of stuff, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and everything—it was all lots of family, it's all mi- live action,
1: very mid-budget <clears throat> family films. Which is like, yeah, you don't do not get them. It's all sort of, when you're watching it, it's it's not unnerving, but it's sort of odd that these films, sh- I mean, these films, should really exist still because mm-hmm. they do teach a lot of people. Again, people watch My Girl as a child, yeah, and that could be like the the entrance to, but like death. Mm-hmm. and understanding what that is and understanding that people get ill people die and um, talk it to me it talks about again family shows and, dead bodies it shows dead bodies yeah it, it's it's an interesting little movie I didn't really it's like for example it's like for me it's like a 3 out of 5 you know what I mean it's over the middle yeah. of the road I enjoy parts of it I didn't enjoy but it's got really good central performance mm-hmm. by Anna Chum- Chum- Chomsky, Chomsky, whatever. It yeah,
2: is. Chomsky,
1: um, who is superb in it. I mean, yeah. even though McCallum is good, I think she blows. To be honest, she blows everybody out of the water because she's,
2: mm-hmm. she's she's in like nine out of ten scenes.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. But like, what I like about her is, and what I like about these sort of movies when you've got a uh, switched-on smart child. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the reaction of adults around them. Because when Jamie Lee Curtis first comes in and she's sort of talking talking her through, it's like, oh, I've got this, I've got that. And you can just see, like, okay, well, it's so awkward. Yeah. But it's fun to watch, to see, okay, we're in, a ch- we're in a scene with a child and an adult, but the the child has all the power in that conversation.
2: And it's quite funny as well, because you say switched on, like she's clever, but she's not at the same time. She's she's she, yeah. She's just just taking from whatever her surroundings are and going okay, right. Well, so so that must be me.
1: But but that's it. She's book smart. She's not life smart because she had, yes. she hasn't had enough life to be smart.
2: <laughs> it's her prostate that's causing yeah. her all the trouble.
1: Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it's a lovely little movie.
2: Thanks. It was just for me. It's something that I really remember, sort of watching. And it was, like, them sitting under the willow tree. Mm. and um, like, I always remember, like, little things, like, when they're fishing and she goes, oh, did it get away? And the fish is blatantly there dead. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Come on, we'll go. Like, looking out for one another. Yeah. Because they're at that age where it, it's just starting to be, oh, you can't be friends with a boy. You can't be friends with a girl. But they've still got that
1: innocence. We've got that innocence. You've got the kiss scene, which is... Any sort of circumstance would be sort of weird, but it's not because it, they are just at that pre-pubescent sort of, they're yeah. still friends. There's no sort of, you can't have like a, a sexual tension she'd seen there. It's just like, it's so, oh, let's see. You yeah. know what I mean? But what, then he's what,
2: like, well, think of me. Yeah. We're getting married. And he's like, oh, you're going to die in the next scene.
1: <laughs> but it's not even, It's again, it's stuff that it leaves out because it drops. A bomb, maybe what, halfway through the movie when she enters a poetry class and she, she reads that awful poem out and you get the piece of voiceover. It's mm-hmm. like the, the, the teacher who, who she's in love with is like, you got to show me your soul, show me who you are. And then in a very quick throwaway piece of voiceover, it's like, it's like I'm afraid I killed my mother. Yes. And then that is not really even brought up again till the end. I'm like, oh, that is what you want. Like that survival guilt in like what, a nine year old, or an 11 year old girl. Yeah. That's what you want to explore.
2: You want to explore, but at the same time you want to keep it family friendly. Exactly, and this yeah, is yeah. obviously something where we are just jaded and old and we're like, let's explore the dark themes. But for that, you'd be like, oh, and you yeah. know that she's, she's trying to push that feeling down. And that's why, again, I think, I, think I don't seen, yeah. think the film did a very good point of it, but I feel like the film's meant to be from her point of view. Yeah. So you don't hear from it again because she's trying to push it down. She's trying not to think of it. And then when it bursts out and she finally does, you know it's like because of everything else that's happened and she has to confront it, otherwise she can't physically move forward. Um, that that other oh than... As soon as she seems to do that, she seems to stop being obsessed with death because it's like, it alleviates a bit of her guilt and her dad doesn't have to go into, you no. Know, she had this and she had this and everything. She just, went, she just explained it the way you explain it to a child. Yeah. And that alleviated that guilt because she doesn't have the, like the knowledge to really be able to understand it. She has to just take an adult's word as an adult's word, mm. as the truth.
1: You know, and I say it, it's, it, it was a lot more interesting I sort of gave it credit to be. Um, Thank you. When, because I say I haven't seen it in such a long time. It's, and also, it's got this great James Newton Howard score. It's, it's very of the time, very sort of wispy and light. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just sets the tone perfectly.
2: So, yeah, i got some trivia though.
1: Cool.
2: Okay, so that very sweet little kissing scene. Yes. For one, it was Macaulay Culkin's first on-screen kiss. And for another, it took them fifteen takes to get it right. <laughs> um also Anna um Anna Chomsky had already appeared in a film of Macaulay Culkin. She was in um as an extra in Uncle Book. Oh. Ah. So she had already um worked with him. Um and it's set in Pennsylvania, but it was actually pretty much all filmed in Florida. Right. So, and the place where they were filming the mortuary, the funeral home, was a B&B until 2013, 2003, and then it closed. So we could have gone if we knew each other then. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. Make a cute little film. I'm quite pleased that you liked it.
1: Spot on. Well, we might as well go into my film, which is Brad Bird's The Iron Dragon from
0: 1999. Yes. CSVP 3 p Combat. Player 1, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player 2, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round 1, fight! <laughs> Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Panther podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main it's- characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight! You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really. It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Uh, tomo. No, tomo. Bye, Superman! Okay, Superman, take this! <laughs>
1: So the Iron Giant, it is about a young boy called mm-hmm. Hogarth Hughes. The weirdest name. Yes, was, Hogarth is a terrible name. but he... That's what
2: I want to name our firstborn.
1: <laughs> boy or
2: girl? Hogarth. Hogarth, <laughs> Hogarth Hog- McGrath.
1: <laughs> but if it's a girl, they're just going to call her Ho.
2: Oh, <laughs> <A> Hoggy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I will be but, quiet.
1: <laughs> but we have an alien robot that... Come, falls down on the um, shore of Maine. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is right in the middle of the Cold War.
2: Yeah, I wrote down, is it Cold War? Because I am so bad at history. Unless yeah. it's 1066, I don't know what's happening. Yeah,
1: so it, it's right in the middle of the Cold War and the nuclear holocaust fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hogarth somehow befriends this iron giant who we find out as time goes on is he sort of, has nefarious means but again is a lot less dangerous than some other people within the movie. And let's just get into it because this is one of my favourite animated films of all time.
2: Oh the style of it is just beautiful. Yeah, the,
1: the animated the, the animation and the style is just so vibrant Can and so ask, lifelike. Is it not this, lifelike but just It's
2: more it is more realistic. Is It the same people who did Journey to Atlantis?
1: I am not sure
2: because um Journey to Atlantis is a very similar sort of style, um but it's the same people who did the Brave Little Toaster.
1: I actually really don't know. I'm not sure. We shall have like a day of
2: watching similar artists. That's it. I I, I love
1: the character design because I love like when you get when things aren't too sort of real life, you have people who are wider and shorter, have long faces and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just brings a bit more colour to the film. Yes. And a bit more of a visual flourish. Yes. But, and it, and it adds personality as well, because this film has so much personality from the vocal performances mm-hmm. um, through <clears throat> um, to, like, even little bits where... You've got Hogarth watching an old horror movie in black and white, and it's terrible acting, and it's it's <laughs> so hawking. <laughs> but it's 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 yeah,
2: it is. It's very stilted. It goes very yeah. much with like the sort of style.
1: And, and what I like about this film as well is that it, unlike many animated films of sort of the nineties, and I include the Disney ones in here, mm-hmm. they don't feel directed. They feel drawn, and it you can, you can be colourful and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I don't think they really understand. Maybe the Lion King in the stampede chase, where you can actually really feel like the camera movement and a bit of yeah. depth of field. That yeah, it just feels like it's being drawn in the sort of the easiest way possible to get get the story out. Where there's part of this movie where through shot choice, through lighting, mm-hmm. through just the way they want to stage a scene, it feels like Brad Bird is directing a live-action film. Yeah. It moves through the story, and you can see like certain things. Like, for example, there is a scene when Hogarth goes out, meets the Iron Giant for the first time, and her mother finds him, Yeah, and she's backlit by the car, and the lighting looks, as if it would on a studio set oh yeah he looks so perfectly sort of poised and then you've also got a scene where the kent the evil guy yeah the evil guy is sitting on a bed in his bed and you've got a hallway in in the middle of him Mm -hmm. so you've got like these three different levels of color and uh, Mm -hmm. of shade and like it's everything is thought out of and yeah. this is only even on a technical level that I'm loving this movie and then you get into the story and sort of what it's mean and how it's like a glorious little story about friendship about somebody who doesn't really have friends who finds someone mm-hmm. who um is completely the opposite of anything in the world at that you know at the time yeah and then you've got the next level of It's a parable of nuclear war, of the Cold War, of the fear of the bomb, of all these different elements. Fear of the Russians. Fear of the Russians and the infiltration of communists. I mean, we talked about McCarthyism last Mm -hmm. And this is very much as like people were afraid that their next door neighbours could be not who they say they were. And the paranoia that comes with that.
2: I never got the whole thing where people were so scared of communism. Like, I get them being afraid of, like, sleeper cell agents and them being afraid that people living next door to them might suddenly just turn around and kill them one day. Um, But then the whole... uh, Because they do, they go on about communists in it as well. There's, like, a little scene or there's something that they sort of talk about. And it's just, like... Yeah, that's a bit... I never, I never understood that. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. But it's all part of
2: the whole thing. Because, yeah, it's like you said, there's people who are completely different, but you can still get on with them and still be friends with them. It's like the Iron Giant literally comes from a place that has a completely different ideology
1: yeah.
2: to what we have. Um, but it's also, I think it's a very good example of possibly nature versus nurture argument. Because... His nature would be to be violent. That is what he's built for. But once he gets a bit of a knock on the head and he forgets who he is and he is then surrounded by people who treat him nicely and they have fun and they play and show him how to experience the world, he realises that once he remembers who he is, he doesn't want to be that anymore. He wants to be a friend. He wants to be a good person. He wants to model himself on superman which is the role model that he's chosen so i think it's a very good argument for that in in this film um just going back to artist styles my favorite is dean dean yeah. looks like he's been drawn by an artist sitting alone in a room <laughs> and then they just popped him in he is a complete he's drawn a completely different style to anybody else who appears.
1: He has a soul patch.
2: He has a soul patch. He is a tall beatnik. He is... Oh, he makes me think of what is that really old Brad Pitt film where he, it? it's like an adult version of... um, What's it called? Uh, Roger Rabbit. It's a Brad Pitt film. It's something like Drawn This Way or... Something, and he plays a detective and he deals with cartoons. Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Cool World.
1: Do you know what? I've never heard of that film. It is
2: 1992, Cool World, and I'm sure he plays, like, a detective or something. It is a little bit more like an adult version of... um, What's it called? Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit? It's really random. I've never actually watched it all the way through. But that's what I get from Dean. I get it as if you've got a real person and you just plonked them in this cartoon yeah. world because of his style. Um, and also, the thing that I really love is Mansley, who is the CIA, FBI dude. Yeah. The minute you see him, pointy features, you're, you're the other bad guy. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's exaggerated, everything comes to a sharp point. And I like that. I like that it's the very clear-cut, he's the baddie.
1: And, and, and absolutely, I think he sort of embodies that as well because he is the, and you can even talk about it now, you can even talk about, like, terrorism and, and, and of the fear of the, the unknown, the fear mm-hmm. of the, oh, we don't know these people, let's just bomb them. I
2: can kind of see where Manzi comes from. When he first starts there, he's literally being told, this has happened, you've got to go check it out. There's obviously a lot of destruction. His car gets eaten. Yes. Okay. I would be upset if a 1950s car got eaten. I'd be very upset. Um, And all he sees is the danger. He doesn't see the other side of the story that we see. So I get that.
1: Yeah.
2: Up until the end, where he is so keen to stay face and like, I'm the hero. I'm going to this, Bomb them. Get rid of him. It's all sorted. Because when Dean's gone, he has the child with him. So, and he's reacting. Mansley takes that and then tells people, oh yeah, he's killed his child. Now he's, yeah. now, he's now we've got an excuse to bomb him. And up until that point, he's not a likable character, but he's a redeemable character because he's literally up until that point doing his job. Hmm. And his job is to find a danger and then get rid of it. What he finds is <clears throat> something that, yes, can be a danger, but a reactionary danger. Yeah. And in the end, he decides to make it a danger when it doesn't have to be. When as soon as he finds out the truth, he chooses to ignore the truth and stick with his prejudices.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's also seeing like seeing something as... Big as war as a step up in your career because that's what he's see he's, he's mm-hmm. seeing the fact that if he gets this then he gets the the promotion mm-hmm. he gets the respect the admiration yeah and that very selfish attitude and and yet he is he turns very much when he finds out that Hogarth is lying that he knows where the Iron Giant because that's when he becomes quite sinister. And locks him in his room and says he's going to do this and do that. But
2: but he doesn't know the truth. He's only seen it as yeah. a perceived threat. So whilst I don't like him, I can understand why he does that. It is just when he's proven wrong, he mm. won't admit it. And that's when he loses any kind of humanity.
1: Mm. So you like this movie?
2: Yeah, I love this movie. This is a movie that I've seen loads. I love it.
1: See, so I haven't seen it in, in, in a little while, but it really is. It's one of those films that I had a feeling you,
2: it probably played during lockdown whilst you were working, and I had nothing to do.
1: Well, well, it's 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 one of those films. That I, I don't really want to. Watch, you don't want to watch it a lot because you don't want it to lose its magic. No, and it really is. It you and again, I'm going to go back on like it. To get an animated film like this that feels so well constructed and so well sort of. Every little thing's been thought of. And mm-hmm. it is told in this old style animation. Like, they probably could have tried to, because this is 1999, so it's four years after Toy Story. They could have tried to CG it, but I don't think it would have had the same the same character, the same personality, no. the same impact as it, as it does. Because a lot of it is within... That style and it, it looks glorious. It, it it's the story is so deep and leveled, mm-hmm. and like again, a kid could watch it and just get fun out of the big robot blasting things, blasting things, and eating things, and being a bit and like the slapstick moments of it. Like for example, the the <laughs> hand being locked in you know, that. That's so the
2: hand like. I love it. It's like
1: playing with the toilet roll. Yeah, little
2: finger, just like flushing the toilet, playing with the toilet <laughs> roll. I'm like that is to me that is like one big Labrador. Yeah. Or watching TV.
1: That's what it is. Again, you've just <laughs> the you, finger watching you, TV. You've just sort of put it. You think it is? It's it's your first pet. Yeah. It's that same relationship. He wanted a pet. Yeah.
2: He starts off saying, "I want a pet." In the in the first like couple t- of minutes of the film, what's
1: it? He's trying to teach. For example, you're trying to teach a wild animal to be domesticated mm-hmm. and to learn what being human is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so good. I cannot say how good Iron Giant is. If you haven't seen it, it's only, I think, what, 86 minutes long?
2: It, yeah, it's just over an hour.
1: It just flies by. It doesn't take much of your time whatsoever and just delivers on every single level. And it still is. I'm adamant it still is vin diesel's best performance
2: okay i just kind of love that vin diesel like his best performances he just doesn't really talk
1: and isn't in the movies <laughs> and isn't
2: in the movies poor vin diesel he's tried so hard to like be this amazing but all i know him of is this film avengers and stuff and then um, those Fast and Furious. Ones. See, don't
1: get me wrong. I like the Fast movies. However, there's
2: too many.
1: There's going. I think that I think not, like not. Not the next one. The next, the other ones in space. It's going to be great.
2: Too fast, too furious in space. It's going to be Fast and the Furious. Who are the racing Martians now?
1: It, it could. Have they it run it out of people? Out. It could get to that point. But no, uh, I really do enjoy this movie. Um, it is one of those sort of, even though it's only 21 years old, it feels like a Times classic. It feels like it could could have been made at any time.
2: And because it's set already when it comes out, it's set in the past. Yeah. It it You don't have to worry about it ageing. You Absolutely. don't have to worry about the references ageing because it's stuff that's already happened that kids can then look up like the... Duck and cover initiative when you get hit yeah. by a nuclear
1: bomb. Well, that's it. And again, it's like Vin Diesel. It's, it's so strange how you can get such a sort of emotive performance out of some like single monosyllabic words, and how much you feel for that giant. Yeah,
2: look at how much he did with I Am Groot.
1: Yeah.
2: How he had three words throughout all those films, and the fact that okay, I've got to say big props to the guy. For all the uh, ones that weren't in English, he learnt I am Groot in other languages and then recorded them as well, just so he had the same voice all the way through. Yeah. He is dedicated to
1: his performances
2: (laughs) with few words.
1: (laughs) But no, um, I think that's probably going to be it for this week. I think so. It's a positive week, I think.
2: Two good films that you can watch with pretty much anybody. Absolutely. for oh my girl, maybe slightly older children.
1: I like the fact that we've both picked two films about friendship, but friendship as children and maybe not friendship as adults. Because I think when we think about those sorts of relationships, they do, you do become nostalgic for maybe a bit more of an innocent time or an innocent yeah. friendship. I um, also
2: think as well it becomes very difficult, especially as a woman. Yeah. The films that tend to have women with friendships, like you look at Bridesmaids, hilarious film. Yeah. Um, But the comedy comes from because women should be against each other.
1: Yeah.
2: That's what we're told. And all I'm going to say is if you want a film that's about friendship, that's not children, it's like young adult, book smart. The only one where I've seen where it's two where you could actually believe that they would be friends in real life. And I kind of love Beanie Fieldstein. I think she's amazing. And yeah. So that's my second one. Just go watch it because it's great.
1: <laughs> cool. So I think that's going to be it for this week.
2: Yes, that's a dumb.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, that is goodbye from me. And bye from me. See you next week.